Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Congratulations. Um, I'm going to start with this. You, you. I hope you don't mind me mentioning this. You texted me after Tiburon. Right. And you were not in a great place because it was the third final you had lost. Um, and I noticed you were putting a lot of pressure on yourself. I was. Yeah. What has happened over the last month to allow you to get to this point where you pick up the first title? Um... I think I got to a, a place here where I started trusting myself. Um, I started to realize that when I look back and watch some of the tennis I'm, I was playing, <laughs> watching more film, it wasn't as bad as, as I thought it was or as upsetting as, as it should have been. And, uh, and I really tried to focus on the things I could control, um, stop worrying on little things such as like how well I'm hitting my forehand, how clean, how well I'm hitting my spots, but just competing really hard. And I went in with a mindset this week that I was going to outcompete everybody and I was going to bring more energy than everyone I played. And I was going to come after the person I was playing rather than them coming after me. And uh, I think that was a really big part of my success this week because I was always on. There was never big dips in the matches or times where I just slumped my shoulders. I felt like I was just a good competitor this week. And I think the more that I do that, the more I start playing my brand of tennis and the more that I I enjoy myself out on the court. Yeah, that's interesting to know because I I mentioned it to you last night, the the, the Jub match. I I think there were, in the semifinals, there were times where I I think maybe he was the better player over the... For sure majority of the match. I mean, he won more points. Yeah, but yeah. you you competed incredibly well just so that when he did have a little drop, right. you were there. Yeah. 
Um, where where has that been? Where have you been able to summon that from the, over the last month? Um, I think I have. I've brought it to a place where I didn't want to do what I did last week or the week before, and I got to a point where I felt hopeless mm-hmm. on the court. Um, second round of Fairfield and second round of Vegas, yep. and I felt like I was get the one getting attacked, and I felt like, especially the Escobedo match, I I went out hardly like I didn't really even fight, you know, and I'm okay with losing, um, okay with someone outplaying me, someone beating me, me having a bad day, but if I don't do everything I can competitively to stay in there and give myself the best chance to win, that that's what really upsets me. So uh, coming out of Las Vegas, that was just one thing I was like, that's that's never going to happen again, you know. If someone comes out here and I'm just gritty and even if it's not a great day but I'm being tough and competing and one of these guys outplays me, you know, Chris is hitting his spots on the serve. He returns too well and, and, and breaks me. Too good. But I'm not going to just go down in the dumps and not not give a give a full fight that I know I'm capable of. Yeah, that was interesting in this in this match today. That matchup, obviously, you guys are incredibly tight. It was mentioned quite a bit right after the match as well. Um, there were there were moments where it was relaxed, both of you smiling. Right. How did you balance that ability to have that interaction with him, which was noticeable, right? Um, with also then being able to click it back on in the next point. I think it's similar to uh, dealing with emotions after losing a point and getting upset. You know, it was actually Chris who told me this a couple of days ago. He was like, "You can't help yourself." from those thoughts coming into your mind. They're going to come into your mind right after the point. You're going to have a reaction. You're going to be upset. But how do you flip the script before you start the next point? So when I'm upset and then I go into the next point this week, I was bouncing, getting the negative energy out, bouncing and turning into a a fire in my belly. Mm. And when we have that joyful moment, you know, we're having fun out on the court, it's the same. I flip the switch and I'm back, I'm back on, I'm focused and, I I think that doing doing it the whole week on the other side where I was controlling the negative today I was able to control the positive and not let myself get loose and uh, be having too much fun out there or get to a place where I'm not competing the way I'd like to or have the right mentality. First challenger of the summer was in Little Rock. Um, before I give you my opinion, what do you think has changed most about your game? since that in May or June, whichever it was? Um, I think one piece is the return of serve. Um, I mean, if I played this match against Chris in June, I don't know how many returns I would have put in play. Uh, Just to be blunt, um, my return was pretty poor. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were watching me in Little Rock, but that was definitely a weakness for me. Um, I think that the way that I move around the court um, my defense has improved. I mean, I'm pretty good when I'm on offense, but I was looking at some stats early in the summer, and I was pretty poor in, in being able to win points when I got behind. So I think that that's something that's that's changed for me that's helped me a lot, and I just have a little bit of a better understanding of the game, uh, how to use my serve and not just – go after it hard every single time, but mix the arsenal of serves I have. I think that was what won me the first set tiebreaker today, hitting some slow serves, even though it went against everything I wanted to do. I wanted to hit big, go for the ace, but I throw some slow sliders in there and I get free points. I think that 
I'm just starting to see the game a little bit better, make adjustments a little bit better on the court. Yeah, I think that's I, – I agree with all of those things. I think the return's still going to be a work in progress for you. I think that's going to just get better and better. Right. Um, but what, what I've said on the, on the broadcast a lot, Ben, is just you are imposing yourself more and more. It just feels like everything has intent. Um, just from top to bottom, just is, how much has that been a factor for you in terms of making sure there is just this comprehensive, like, I'm just going to, I'm Ben Shelton, I'm going to put myself upon you? Yeah, I, I think it's really important. Um, it starts with the mentality, what yeah. you do in between the points, and I think that I can carry that into my tennis. That's going to be my brand of tennis, and that's... Uh, that's what I can do when I'm working on things, when I'm okay with making some errors. I'm not dwelling on every single point I win or lose. I make a bad error, I can laugh it off. But it just feels like if they have a let up, I'm going to capitalize mm. rather than they can massage the ball around the court, not do anything against me and, and come out of there on top. So I think that it's been really important for me to uh, just continue to developing my offensive game and um right like you said imposing our will on people it's funny because when i think about little rock i just i just i remember frankly just it felt like you were just running around the court a lot right like you were just using just these natural skills that you have and just incredible defensive capabilities but now that just feels like i'm here serve i'm gonna go big with my forehand find that forehand and it just feels like a completely different human being out there on court Right. which I think is a positive thing. All right, three questions for you here before we leave. Number one, um, indoor court. Um, didn't use the serve and volley as much this this week as I thought you might, um, especially considering what you did against Roberto Quiroz in, in Tiburon. Right. Um, how, where is that part of your game at this stage of your career? Yeah, I think that I, I still don't fully trust it. There's mm -hmm. a lot of work to be done there. Um, I was really trying to compete hard, do what gave uh, myself the best chance to win this week. Yeah. And I uh, was throwing a lot of different serves at people. Um, I thought that these last few matches that I've played, the guys that I've played have returned pretty yes. pretty darn well. And I thought that it would be tough. I'd be digging out tough volleys. And that's thing, something that I have to get comfortable with. And I think that I could still be successful and, and hold serve if I serve smart using the serve and volley, but that's just one piece that's not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, one piece that I saw in my game, I used it when I was playing at those highest levels over the summer, mm -hmm. playing a Casper Root or a Sonego, and I, it's almost like a, I know that I have to do this. Mm -hmm. I know that I can't just hit the big serve because those guys at the top are going to uh, hit it back quickly. I have yeah. to use the heavier serves. I have to serve and volley get into net, shorten points. Um, so I think that it's something with my mentality that I'm still working on. Yeah. Um, probably could have made some of my matches easier this week, but I'm not perfect, and uh, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to developing. You are now in the lead for the Australian Open Wildcard Challenge. Um, any pressure uh, associated with that at this point? No. Are you just not even... No, I'm not really thinking about it. Um, I know it's we my job to do it. Right. We had a conversation <laughs> earlier this week, and, you know, I'm okay with playing qualies in Australia, grinding yeah. qualies. It's my first time down there. It might be better for me to get some 
matches under my belt if if I were to win before playing my first main draw outside of the outside of the country. So I'm just taking everything that I get right now and enjoying the moments that I have, not stressing too much. If I I don't think that my career is going to be based on if I get this yeah. Australian Open wild card or I, or I play in the qualifying. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to every opportunity that's in front of me, but I'm not dwelling on it. Lastly, um, this is one of the most unique things I've seen in my years of doing this. Uh, you guys play in a final here today, and you're about to get in a car and go drive five hours together. Um we're not driving together. Oh, you're just going. Okay. He's taking me to the Thank airport God. to uh, <laughs> get my rental car. I was like, he offered, and I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, if I beat him, does he really want to be in the car with me for five hours? And yeah. if he beats me, do I really want to be in the car with him for five hours? So, I mean, I decided to get my own rental car, and, you know, at least we have we, we have a little bit of space, space. post-match. I mean, yeah. we're practicing to, together tomorrow, so yeah. we'll be back together pretty soon. You know that was pretty special, right? The whole match? Yeah. Like that yeah, doesn't was... that doesn't happen to play at that level and actually have those moments of interaction. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Um there's not a guy that I rather would have played in yeah. this final. Um I mean I said it in my post match speech, but no one really understands what Chris has done for me. Yeah. Um the sport support that he's given me is unmatched. He's just a selfless human being and and like I said, a big brother, but I mean, it's just, uh, he's an incredible person. I'm glad that he's one of the guys I have in my corner. Yeah, I was I was lucky enough to be on that first dinner in, at the Olive Garden right. in yeah. Little Rock, and I could, I could see how quickly he was just willing to just kind of take you under his wing, and that is, it is he is a special human being. Yeah, um, and as are you, my friend. So Thank congratulations. You. And you too. Let's uh, just yeah. complete Obviously. the triangle. Obviously <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> congratulations. Well earned this week. Um, yeah, just keep it going. We'll, we'll do another one of these next week, huh? Thanks, Mike. Hopefully. <laughs> Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe. More than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.